0: Well, as you may know, today is Reformation Sunday. Historically, Reformation is a day when we remember a man named Martin Luther for nailing 95 theses or 95 grievances to a church door in Wittenberg, Germany. Sort of like a YouTube clip that went viral. Luther was concerned about the church. Why? Because he loved the church, but he wanted it to return to what Jesus had called it to be in the first place. Unfortunately, the church would not like what he had to say and would do whatever it could to silence him sort of like a classic David and Goliath story, an obscure monk taking on the most powerful political and religious institution in the world. How? Well, with a lot of courage and conviction. Why? Well, because God's story had become so confused, so misunderstood, so criticized and manipulated that it no longer looked like God's story. Luther stood up and said it was time for the church to return to the heart of it all, that our calling is not to advance our kingdom, but to advance God's kingdom. And overnight, Luther became a rock star. To understand Luther's story, however, we have to jump back to the year 1505 when Luther was only 18 years old. He had already received a bachelor's and a master's degree in philosophy, and he was enrolled in law school following the insistence of his father to to find a career that, well, would pay him a lot of money. Luther listened to his dad, not necessarily out of respect, but out of because, well, Luther's boyhood was not pleasant. His father was harsh. One day he was beaten so badly that he ran away from home only to be found and returned to a father who was even angrier than he was before. Well, in July of that same year, he was walking home from the library when a terrible storm arose. Luther was frightened, some say because of a friend who himself had died from a lightning strike. But Luther fell to the ground, and he cried out to his patron saint, Saint Anne, save me, and I will become a monk. And sure enough, he was saved. <laughs> and the next day, Luther sold his law books. Then on the evening of July 16, 1505, he had a party for his closest friends and family. They tried to hold him back. His father was furious, but Luther gathered them all together at the end of the evening meal and said, today you see me as I am for the last time. And within two weeks, he had entered the halls of an Augustinian monastery at Erfurt in Germany. Luther was a standout student, which led him at one point to be sent to Rome on a mission. Now, Rome was known to be the heart and soul of the church. His trip would be another turning point in his life. While there he was approached and tempted by prostitutes, the city was overwhelmed by the poor, destitute, and exploited all of whom were told that they must use the little money that they had to buy relics and indulgences that would save them from their sin. Luther was outraged at the way the church had lost its heart. Now the straw that broke the camel's back was when he discovered that a poor abused teenage boy had been driven to suicide, but that the church had shamefully refused Christian burial. Luther dug the grave himself and vowed that day, shovel in hand, to reform the church. But reform would not be easy. Luther himself was excommunicated. The leaders of Europe were forced to choose sides. Two European wars would ensue. Countless lives lost as many as 11 million people, all of this time during the Black Plague, which had ripped apart Europe, killing one-third of its population. Look, it was chaotic. There was a great crisis, but Through it all, the church was able to rediscover itself and rediscover God, a God whose grace could not be purchased but is shared freely with all the world. A God who frees us from sin so that we might be free to share his love and advance his kingdom. A God who is concerned more with people than with institutions. A God who sometimes has to use a rather neurotic monk like Martin Luther to change the world. Imagine how he might use you how eager God is to demonstrate His power through you. Now I know, I know, it's Reformation, and most Reformation sermons focus on the classic themes of the Reformation, that we're saved by grace through faith, that for freedom's sake we are set free, that we are a priesthood of all believers, sermons on law and gospel, sola scriptura, all good stuff that we learned in confirmation maybe years and years ago, but I'd like to focus on the way God uses ordinary people to make big changes in our community and in this world, which is why I'm standing behind this window, this window of the church in our chapel here at St. John's. It's the window that tells a story of so many different people throughout time, throughout history, who have made such an impact on the life of the world and of the church, including, just behind me, Martin Luther, nailing to the door of Wittenberg Church those 95 theses. Now, Harry Hart is is not on the window behind me, but he is one of those folks in our world who has made a big difference in this world and in our community. He worshiped with us uh, while he lived at Trinity Oaks, died five or so years ago, two weeks before turning 100. Harry was 28 when he joined the army so that he could fight in World War II. He quickly rose to the rank of lieutenant colonel, landed on Omaha Beach in in Normandy, and was the first American to enter Hitler's bunker after Hitler's suicide in 1945. When he was discharged, he returned to his family farm in Mooresville and went to work the next day. That Sunday, he began teaching Sunday school and didn't stop for 50 years. Harry loved the Lord, and he didn't hesitate telling you all about it. He lived a life of courage and conviction and, rest assured, made a big difference in this world. This past Thursday, I had a conversation with Marvin Moore, who's the Salisbury High School principal here in town. Just checking in on each other, talking through some of the challenges this pandemic has brought us all. Marvin spoke specifically about a rise in depression among high schoolers. It's worrying him a lot across the country, but even at his school. He said this, teenage suicide is real. Then he continued, we've already had scares at the school and I worry about the day that I will get a phone call that nobody wants to get. It reminded me of how thankful I am for teachers and principals and all those who are helping our kids manage these most unusual times when digital takes the place of relationship, when loneliness is so easy to hide. You know, Luther wrote, here is the true Christian life, when a man applies himself with joy and love to the work of being a servant to others. Harry and Marvin are just two examples of giants who have gone before us, and we need giants, don't we? Giants who point the way to the Father. Giants who set before us an example, not of perfection, but of faithfulness. Giants who stand not on their own success, but on the firm foundation of Christ. There's much to give thanks for Luther and for Harry and for Marvin and teachers and principals and all those who, have, who are working so hard and diligently for the sake of the gospel. There's also much to give thanks for you. For God is likewise calling you to follow in his footsteps and to stand on the firm foundations of faith, to stand as a courageous witness to the love of God. It's true, God is calling you to be a giant in this community, in your home, among your friends, at work, at school. There's no doubt that we're in the middle of a storm right now. And there's no doubt that God is calling you to stand in the midst of the storm and to say, Lord, I will follow you. No matter what storm you face, May you have the courage and the conviction to do just that. Amen.